FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsmouth are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsmouth have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but you know there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate. Can Pompey get their season back on track after collecting just one win in their last eight league matches? Stands it up, looking there for the head of Pang. It's cleared off the line. Swanson nods it down and it is into the net. And Portsmouth are level. And Colby Bishop set up by Swanson. The pressure was coming. Last weekend, the Blues could only come away from Morecambe with eight points, following what was a third successive one-all draw in League One. This weekend, they face one of three relegated championship sides, Derby County, with the game being brought forward to Friday night. Hence why you can hear my voice a day earlier than normal. I've got two more Pompey fans on the programme with me this evening to preview tomorrow's visit of Derby, as well as to look ahead to the upcoming FIFA World Cup in Qatar, which kicks off this weekend. The number to text if you'd like to get in touch is... 81400. Start those messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We're here until seven. Welcome to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. You join us here a day earlier than usual and that's it because Pompey's clash with Derby County as you just heard this weekend has been brought forward to Friday night thanks to Sky deciding to put the game on TV. Therefore, me and my two studio guests are live on this Thursday evening to preview that one as well as to discuss what has gone on in the world of Portsmouth Football Club over the past few days. As ever, the show is being driven to you by Stagecoach Self and you can find even more information on the services they can provide you as well as how they are making their buses cleaner and greener by visiting Stagecoach bus.com. The plan for us tonight is to deliver a preview of what's to come over the next week. With no football hours scheduled for next Monday, we've got so much to get through, including a preview of the FIFA Men's 2022 World Cup, which starts on Sunday, as well as a little look ahead to Tuesday's Papa John's Trophy tie at Ipswich. But first of all, we'll discuss the upcoming league fixture at Fratton Park between the Blues and the Rams tomorrow evening. And to kickstart that, a reminder of what went down the last time Danny Cowley's side were in action away at Morecambe on Saturday. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoots and scores! 90 minutes of passionately pumpy commentary. He scores! This is. You want to believe it? Pompey Live. Pompey in their mint green shirts, black shorts, green socks, and we are underway. And Robertson plays Karoma, and he's got space on this left-hand side, and he's running towards the penalty area. Karoma for Portsmouth. What can he do here, Karoma? Works it across the box to Dale. Good attacking position for Pompey. Dale shot, and it's just over the bar. Via a touch from the goalkeeper, corner kick. Nil-nil. And there's got it behind Ogilvy from the dead ball line for Morgan. Can he get across? He's worked into the penalty area. Left footed, pulls it back. Great chance, and Morgan scored. Passed into the back of the net by Liam Shaw. His first goal for Morecambe. Poppy opened up so easily. It's Morecambe one, Portsmouth nil. But then they give it away again and Morecambe have it outside the box and Mayer chips it into the penalty area. Griffiths will claim that one. Does easily and Morecambe are sensing a second. Watts is going to clear it long. Swanson nods it to Robertson. That wasn't the pass he wanted. And suddenly there's a break on here for Morecambe and you can tell Robertson's not fully fit and it's a glorious chance but it's only 1-0 Morecambe on the attack ball to come into the penalty area great delivery and it should be 2-0 Watts has missed and he's missed by a mile 1-0 back to Hume Hume stands it up looking there for the head of Pang it's cleared off the line Swanson nods it down and it is into the net and Portsmouth are level and Colby Bishop set up by Swanson the pressure was coming Pack was denied by a brilliant goal line clearance but Pompey found a way through and we're all level Morecambe 1 Portsmouth Stockton plays a lovely ball and Hume's in beaten and it's a wonderful chance 
Josh Griffith. Is the cross going to come in for Hackett? Instead he finds Packer to the box. Packer will hit one from here. He's going to hit it left-footed. And it's clawed away by the goalkeeper. Still in play. Kept in. But Hackett was offside when he touched it. And it's a free kick. And it's still 1-1. Plays it in the area. A lovely ball to Hackett. Hackett pulls it across the face of goal. Loose in the penalty area. And Morecambe scramble it clear. And suddenly on the counter-attack. It's Stockton against Hume. If Stockton can play it, he's away. Stockton is away. Tonica trying to get back. It's a great chance for Morecambe to win it! Saved by Griffiths are behind for a corner. Well, we didn't get our last minute of play, but we've had a fairly exciting second half, one that Portsmouth have fought back from a goal down to get a point from. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There we are there, the highlights of last Saturday's one-all draw between Pompey and Morecambe at the Mizzoum Stadium, a result which keeps the Blues in fifth. They technically closed the gap on Peterborough in fourth. They were defeated last weekend. So Pompey now on 28 points after 16 games, 10 points adrift of the top two, Ipswich and Plymouth. Uh, but the Blues do have one, uh, actually two games in hand on both those sides. With of course the uh, the trip to Barnsley called off back in September, as well as the home game against Bolton Wanderers due to international call up. So the Blues still um, in the hunt for promotion, despite what is only one league win in the last eight league matches. A very poor run of form the Blues have been on lately. And to discuss all of that and to preview uh, their next game, I'm very delighted to welcome on two, no- two more Pompey fans onto the show. First of all, uh, Mark McGee joins us over the telephone lines this evening. Mark, a very good evening to yourself. Hi, Jake. Nice to be back, mate. Mark, an absolute pleasure, my friend. And I must thank you very, very much. You were a late call-up tonight um, after one of our our other guests, unfortunately, couldn't make it. Um, But these things happen. Thank you, Mark. You're an absolute legend for that. Um, Look, after last weekend's one-all draw with Morgan, Mark, a very disappointing result for Pompey, of course. But we mentioned it on Monday's show. It could have been a whole lot more. It could have been worse. Yeah, yeah, it could have been. And, I mean, you know, we've shown character to come from behind yet again. Um, and, and, and look, I know it's not ideal. I mean, a lot of supporters probably argue that we could have gone to Morecambe and we could have come away with something a bit more. Um, but I still don't think we're fully up to, uh, to speed. We've still, got, we've still got a few players to come back from injury. We're still f- missing a few key players. So, um, yeah, not, not ideal. But, you know, we, we've gained a point. We haven't, we haven't dropped... Uh, any more than that so yeah look, we've got to look at the positives mm. and one big positive uh, also welcoming on my second guest Brendan Tuttiet Brendan very good evening to you um, you might remember his voice Pompey fans listening back home from the uh, 4-0 written all over it podcast or the vlog rather uh, Brendan welcome Oh, good evening, Jake. How are you today? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you for me. Yeah, no, you're very welcome. Um, look, we'd rather be talking about more positive um, Pompey news. Of course we would. Um, but look, let's face it, the Blues, one, one win in the last eight league matches. It's not great. Um, two trophy or cup victories in between, yes. Um, but, but still remaining intact on the sides above, still in the playoff positions and still only two defeats all season, both away from home to you know big clubs in this division. Yes, things are bad right now, but are you holding on hope that we're early doors, we're suffering this, this dip, but there's still a lot of potential to come? Yeah, definitely. You know, as you said, it's one defeat in... Oh, sorry, one win in eight games. So it's not particularly great. You know, it's like four four one all draws in a row now and it's not particularly what we want but as you said it's, it's, it's technically early doors still um, we are in the playoff position still with two games in hand so the negativity around the club is understandable but at the same time you look at it with the, look at it in the way that um, we're not dropping out of the uh, out of the playoffs and we're still in there mm. you know choosing tomorrow night could be a, a, a changer in that because um, Derby are on equal points with us mm. and um, they could leapfrog us or we could pull away from them so there are definitely positives to take going forwards um, hopefully we've got some of our key players back like Lowry back in the side Denver Hume wow how well did he play when he came off the bench on um, on Saturday you know, sadly Clark Robertson had to come off he didn't look particularly happy when he had to come off but um, there's positives to take mm. you know if you if you look at the big picture really not just the no. um, the results but think where we still are the teams around us are uh, are not picking up points like uh, Ipswich have got two, uh, two draws recently where yeah. we've drawn as well so they're not pulling away from us but you know hopefully we need to pick up wins when they're drawing 
absolutely and hopefully those wins will come soon a big victory would would well would be a massive victory tomorrow night mark if Pompey are able to pull it off um, after what is a barren run of form in the league of late Derby County are the visitors to Fratton Park it is a it's a Friday night game it's been moved for television Sky Sports of course 8pm kickoff at Fratton Park and that is basically due to the fact there's no Premier League this weekend because of the World Cup something we'll talk about later on Mark but uh, another big positive to take from uh, Saturday's game albeit not too many of them uh, as you know Brendan's quite rightfully alluded to Denver Hume his performance after coming on very very positive for Pompey fans but for the return of Marlon Pack Mark what did you make of his return? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's no lie that we've really struggled in the centre of the park uh, the last few weeks. I think that's that's been quite, quite obvious. I mean, as much as I, uh, you know, want to praise Jay Mingi and Ryan Tunnicliffe uh, coming into the side, you know, I think it's hard for the team to rely on those two players in particular. Not not anything down to the fact that they don't have the ability to play in that position, but they've just been called upon suddenly out of nowhere. They've gone from being sort of third and fourth choice to being, you know, the first names on the team sheet. Um, so, you know, I think they've done a great job, all things considered. But yeah, look, Marlon back. we've said it all along. We've said it all season. He is a class above, isn't he? I mean, he's he's probably the best midfielder we've, we've seen down the park in, in, in a few years. So, yeah, his presence has been missed and... I'm just really looking forward to having him and Larry back in the middle. Mm. What has been quite of a struggle for Pompey of late, Brendan, is um, is actually putting the ball in the back of the net, finding the goals. Colby Bishop and Dane Scarlett, fantastic starts to the season for them, respectively. Joe Pickett's been a little bit quiet um, in, in comparison. In recent weeks, Colby Bishop has popped up with the, the odd one or two here and there, but I don't think any forward or any one of those forwards has really had a glittering run during this, you know, this, this tough time for Pompey. How does Danny Cowley try to get the better of them or is it quite simply down to the fact that we are missing the, the sort of playmakers around them i.e. you know the likes of Marlon Pack and, and Tom Lowry who work well together is, is that purely the case or is there something else the manager can do to try and get the best out of these strikers um, I could definitely see Marlon Pack and Lowry being a reason why we're not uh, maybe uh, creating as many chances as, as we are um, in defence of the players who have stepped in like I think Jay Mingi um, as soon as I saw him play you know when I saw him play last season and a uh, bit in pre-season I thought this guy's got got the materials to, to drag Pompey up this league and you know add that um, forward force that we, that we need but then there's players who are on the pitch uh, like our wingers like uh, Ronan Curtis Rico Hackett um, Owen Dale Josh Caroma um, th- these players are good enough to create chances for for Scarlett and and Bishop um, I don't know if it's particularly uh, Bishop and Scarlett they're not clicking properly you know I, I look back at the Sheffield Wednesday away game and you saw the creativity and how well um, Joe Piggott played with um, uh, Bishop up front together and then we brought Scarlett on and um, maybe uh, we need to sort of use these substitutions a bit more uh, creatively like bring on your pa- your pacey um, creative players when you know when you're looking for an extra option yes it's great to have them in the start of the game but to have like oh Dale come off the bench you know, with his pace to obliterate defences or Scarlett's pace in behind which, we, which would be great for us to have you know when they're on the pitch for maybe 70 minutes 75 minutes 80 minutes they're not sort of um uh, they're keeping their tank, keeping it all. You know, they're not going to waste out their tank in in in, in the first fi- first thirty minutes. You know, we'll bring them on the last last half an hour when they can run their socks off and uh, and uh, stretch these defences. And in terms of what Derby can bring uh, to Fratton Park as the kind of threat they pose, Mark, some very, very, very big names uh, in that side. We're going to hear more about the opposition in the next part of the show. But 16 summer signings, Mark, um, including the likes of Conor Horahan, uh, top goal scorer at the moment, James Collins. This is a very, a very well put together side, but you know, at the moment struggling to not completely find their feet in the division. Sixth, I'm sure they would have been expected to be doing a lot better than they, they currently are at this stage. But do you think this is... Pompey's toughest test so far on paper? Um, I, I, I think on paper, yes. I, I think, you know, we're playing them at a good time. I think they made an awful lot of signings and they've, they've obviously changed manager to Paul Warren, who I think, I do believe, will get him out of the division maybe this season or the next. I mean, from an EFL fan perspective, you know, the signings they were making were the signings that, you know, I think every fan would like to see come through the door, but just goes to show that, that it doesn't always work that way. And look, they're, they're having to adjust to a new system uh, under Paul Warm. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's kind of, kind of nice to see that, 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 uh, you know, signing big names and spending all that money hasn't quite paid off. Um, and I feel like sometimes that can add a bit of extra pressure 
um, to those teams and those sides. So, you know what? I, I, I think on paper, you probably say it's the, the toughest team we've played, but I'd be far more worried about playing an Ipswich or, or a Peterborough. Um, you know, I, I'm actually feeling fairly confident, dare I say it, about tomorrow. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, might, I might come back to you by words. <laughs> you, you might be one of the only people confident uh, ahead of tomorrow, Mark, but I love I love the confidence. I love the, uh, I love, I love, I love that feeling. Um, look, Mark, uh, Brendan, sorry, I've just been speaking to Mark. Mark is very confident about tomorrow. We can quite clearly hear that uh, from his voice. But um, in regards to what Pompey can try and do to, to nullify Derby County, it's going to be a very difficult game. Of course it is, and they will be looking to leapfrog the Blues going into the weekend of action. Pompey's still unbeaten at home this season. Yes, two defeats in the league, both away from home. Is that something you think Danny Cowley and, and the fans can really use to their advantage to try and, if you're not going to win the game, at least don't lose it tomorrow? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the way you need to look at it. <clears throat> it will be a tough game. You know, no, there's no doubt about it. Paul Warren's put together a decent team and uh, he's shown that at, at Rotherham as well. But yeah, there's, there is class in their team. You look at James Collins and, as you said, Mendes Lang, uh, Conor Hurahan and also uh, David McGoldrick. Um, there's some international players there who, who will cause us problems. But yeah, the positive side for Pompey is that we haven't lost at home in, uh, since January. I believe so it, it is a good side it's a good side of it I just hope uh, under the lights uh, Sky's in town uh, we get Fortress Fratton rocking you know uh, obviously we don't like moaning about referees but seeing this referee we've got tomorrow um, he hasn't uh, particularly refereed a game of this uh, stature with these two big clubs so it could be uh, a game where he um, he he uh, flourishes or it could be a game where um, it, it could get to him and he makes a, a rash decision which could cost Pompey but not talking about the referee though but <laughs> we need we need to score goals that's yeah. the end of the day mm-hmm. and um, and uh, hopefully we, we put the right system in um, to nullify um, Derby's danger men and uh, push forward with, with our own and score, score some goals at Fram Park yeah I've uh, got some thoughts coming in from social media as well. Dave on the emails, thank you for getting in touch. Uh, hi, Jake. I read this week that teenage pair Finn Walsh-Smith and Dylan Holgate, currently at Gosport Borough, are on trial with Bournemouth and also have interest to Crystal Palace, Fulham, Forest and Paul Cook's Chesterfield. Have we genuinely not shown any interest in these two lads or has it simply not been reported? I'm not so much bothered by the names of a club showing the interest, but the fact most or even uh, two levels above where we're currently playing must say something about the quality slash potential of the players surely we must know about them uh, Dave in list yeah very good point if these uh, youngsters are playing just down the road from Pompey at Gosport Borough you'd like to think that um, uh, you know, the football club would be in, of note of that and, and picking them up a very, very big shame if that isn't the case if it's, you know, if that is the case and it hasn't been reported then fair enough but uh, no I can't answer that question too well for you Dave I'm not too sure on that one I, you know, like yourself not heard anything about that but we'll try and find out for you Dave we'll do our very best um, okay 81400 is the number text if you'd like to get your say on the show this evening between now and seven o'clock start those with your name and uh, put the word express at the very very beginning of that as well sport at expressfm.com is our email address you can tweet using at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash pompey live join us again for even more passionate pompey discussion when the football hour returns in just a few moments time this is the football hour 93.7 express fm Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Knight Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Knight Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Good evening, welcome back to part two of tonight's instalment of the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you as ever by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app right now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can locate your nearest bus stop as well as track the buses as they move on a live mapping system as well. You can also visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide to you in your area area. Okay, Derby County are Pompey's next opponent in League One. The Blues will be searching for only their second league victory in what will be nine league matches after the full-time whistle tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow evening, rather. It's an eight o'clock kickoff at Fratton Park. Myself, Mark and Brendan will be continuing to preview that game in a few moments' time. But first, Mason Jordan has a lowdown on the Rams. 
Match day 17 in League One is looming for Pompey and it's a day ahead of usual schedule for this week's visit of Derby County to PO4. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. The Blues and the Rams have shared 97 encounters in all competitions so far since first back in 1902 but haven't met for a league fixture in over a decade. It was Derby who claimed victory back in April 2012 winning by two goals to one in the Championship at Fratton Park. They have clashed once since though with Portsmouth knocking Derby out of the League Cup at PO4 following a 2-1 victory on August the 12th of 2015. Let's find out a little more about this week's opponents. Manager. Derby had started the season under the guidance of 38-year-old Liam Rosnior, who was dismissed after just nine league games into the campaign with the Rams just outside the playoff places. He now manages Hull City while Derby acted swiftly to find a replacement that came in the form of Rotherham United boss Paul Warren who moved to Pride Park on September the 22nd after six years at the helm of Rotherham. The 49-year-old joined the club on a four-year deal and comes with a wealth of experience in the division having led his former side to promotion on three separate occasions between 2018 and 2022. Since his appointment Warren has claimed a victory in five of the 13 games he has managed accruing a win percentage of 38, identical to the record he had picked up with his previous employers. One to watch. Former Pompey Loney Nathaniel Mendez-Lang is one to watch this week. The 30-year-old Birmingham-born winger, who featured nine times for the Blues toward the tail end of 2012, was one of 16 signings made in the summer as the Rams dropped down to play in the third tier for the first time since their promotion from it in 1986. Mendez-Lang has so far played 1,500 minutes across 21 appearances in all competitions for Derby this term, providing four Four goals and six assists whilst donning squad number 11. Top scorer. 31-year-old forward James Collins was signed on a two-year deal from Cardiff City in the summer and since then has contributed to six league goals. The Republic of Ireland international has featured 19 times at senior level for his country, scoring just twice since 2019. Collins has enjoyed a professional career so far spanning 13 years, starting with Aston Villa in 2009 and representing the likes of Shrewsbury, Hibernian and Luton as well. Current form. The Rams have started their first season in the third tier since 1991-92, with eight wins, four draws and five defeats from their opening 17 games. This has accumulated a total of 28 points with the goal difference of plus seven, earning them currently sixth place, just one position and goal difference behind Pompey, who have a game in hand. Derby are unbeaten in four in the league, last tasting defeat to Ipswich Town on October the 21st. Since then, Paul Warren's side have also been knocked out of the Papa John's Trophy and the Carabao Cup, losing to a much-changed Liverpool side in the latter competition last Wednesday. They were in FA Cup action as recent as Tuesday evening, playing host to National League outfit Torquay United for a first-round replay, which they came away victorious with a 5-0 win. Can Danny Cowley secure just a second win from nine league matches, or will Pompey Woes continue? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Thank you, Connor. A closer look there at the Rams of Derby County. Tomorrow's opponents at PO4. Uh, Eight o'clock kickoff, of course, in League One. Pompey's 17th match of the new season um, Brendan Tertiet and uh, Mark McGee are joining me live on the show this evening to preview that game um, but before we talk a bit, bit more about that Brendan the Blues do have another game on Tuesday evening next week just to come uh, we don't have a football hour on Monday night unfortunately so we'll talk a little bit about that now before we do move on and, and summarise our feelings about tomorrow's game against Derby County um, Ipswich Town in the Papa John's Trophy round of 32 it's an away tie for Pompey after they finished second in the group. Uh, Runners-up, of course, to AFC Wimbledon, who they beat on penalties in the final group stage game. Ipswich Town uh, is the venue for this match. Uh, could have been a home tie if the Blues are drawn against Chelsea under 21s. But that's ifs and buts. And it's now away to Ipswich. Um, it's, it's the Papa John's trophy. We know everyone's feelings on this competition. But is this an opportunity for Danny Cowley to, to utilise as, as as one to bring some players back who are returning from injuries and players who aren't getting minutes in the league to really bring them up to match fitness? Or is this a competition you're happy to just go, oh, no, we've lost. Let's move on. 
Um, well, it, it's a bit of both, really. Um, I think well, it, it's definitely the tie that we probably didn't want, either that or Plymouth away. Didn't want either of them. So um, um, I'll, I'll take what comes at the end of the day. But um, as you said, it's definitely a game where we can br- uh, keep players match fit. So the players who don't play as much as they probably should, like Joshua Oluwemi and um, uh, Jay Mingi and Denver Hume, even Freeman, keep Freeman match fit in the, in the team. Um, yeah, if, if we lose, yeah, we lose. I, I, it's not the end of the world. It, it, sadly, it's a game where we can't use it for that purpose because obviously we don't have a reserves or a um, or a development team as such to get players match fit that we want to be, you know, ready to go. But yeah, I'll, t- I'll take what happens, Jake. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm not massively. Fun. It's nice to have a day out at Wembley, as we yeah. all love. But um, if, it, if, it, if it's not to be, it's not to be. I'd rather us get promoted. Fair enough. And I think that's all we're going to really talk about that one because the Papa John's Trophy, we know what it's about. And the bottom line is Pompey are in action in that competition. Tuesday night, 7.45 kickoff at Portman Road. It's around the 32 of the competition, just a few stages until the final where we'll all be there selling 50,000 tickets ready to invade Wembley again. Um, it, we should be so lucky. Look, Papa John's Trophy, Tuesday night, our coverage will start from 7 o'clock, 7.45 kickoff at Portman Road. But back to the real business of what we're really here for, Mark, and that is Derby County with visitors tomorrow. We spoke before the break and before we heard from Mason in regards to the opposition. But how would you, you know, if you were the man being paid all of the money uh, to dictate who starts for the Blues tomorrow? It's a big selection headache for, for Danny Cowley, Mark. But who would you go for? Because there's a few aspects of this team where could it quite easily be shuffled around if need be? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's a really good question. I think Jake. I mean, I mean, it's nice to have Denver Hume back. I mean. I think if we're going to play four at the back, I think we we suit having Connor Ogilvy at left back. Um, I think Denver Hume is is better suited to a sort of three centre back, sort of two wing back situation. I think he's great to bring off the bench. Uh, it's an interesting point when you were talking about the strikers uh, earlier on. You know what? I'd, I actually would like to see Joe Piggott and Colby Bishop given a run up front uh, together. I mean, I feel sorry for Joe Piggott really. I mean, he's got pedigree at this level. I mean, the man doesn't score the goals he scored at this level without being any good does he I mean he's not really been given a fair shot on Ipswich and he's not really been given a fair shot with us to be honest and I thought you know when when the season started early doors I thought you know we, we were seeing the start of quite a formidable partnership I mean he's quite technically gifted as well so and and you know for all the good that Dane Scarlett does running in behind you know he is on a bit of a barren run I think a lot of people can forget that from time to time and sometimes taking the player out of the team can draw the best out of the player. You know, there's nothing like a bit of competition, is there? So, um, you know, I would actually like to see Kobe Bishop and Joe Piggott given a go up top. Um, and, you know, we we are, we as you say, we have got a bit of a selection headache. I'd like to see Marlon Pack in the middle of the park again, obviously. That goes without saying. Um, but, yeah, I think we're still a little bit behind where we want to be in terms of having a full selection yeah. of, of players. Uh, but, yeah, that, that are my, that's, that's my thoughts, basically, on that Mark, thank you. Uh, some big news that we're hearing from our colleagues and our friends at Ports of News, Jordan Cross in particular, uh, for reporting this. Uh, Louis Thompson, this is Ben Thompson, man. I was watching a Peterborough game last night uh, on telly. Uh, Louis Thompson is back in training, reportedly. We've heard this one before, haven't we? But he's back in training, apparently, and earmarked for a return at the start of December. That is a whole month ahead of schedule um, after he broke his leg or fractured his fibula uh, in August against Bristol Rovers. That one was feared to be a season-ending injury for Louis Thompson. But according to our friends at the Ports of News, he might be back for the start of December. Pompey fans, I wouldn't hold out too much hope. I'd still um i'll still act as if he's not i'd still you know wouldn't hold your expectations too high we have heard of this before with the likes of tom lowry marlon pack joe rafferty but apparently louis thompson could be back sooner rather than later so thank you for uh, thank you to the ports of news for breaking that story okay it is time now for one final break now but when we do return with part three and the conclusion of tonight's edition of the football hour we'll be shifting our focus onto what's coming up over the next week before the next installment of the show a week tomorrow the three of us will look ahead to Sunday's FIFA World Cup curtain raiser between Qatar and Ecuador. We'll get the thoughts of Conor Mosley on what is set to be one of the most controversial football tournaments of all time and preview England's opener against Iran on Monday. 
And of course, we'll round up the final text tweets and emails coming in from back home too. 81400 is the number you need to text. Ensure to start those messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com, use at expressfm on Twitter, or head on over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Just over 25 minutes to get your final thoughts into the panel. Myself, Mark and Brendan will be right back after this. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5. A bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10. Bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Very good evening. Welcome to the third and final part of this evening's edition of the Football Hour. You can hear very quietly in the background. That's because it is. It's coming home, lads. The World Cup is just a few days away. England play their first game of this group stage of the competition on Monday afternoon, 1 o'clock, against Iran. The World Cup is finally here. You might be wondering why we took the ad break so early. We've got so much to get through between now and 7 o'clock to preview a very big and a very, very difficult competition uh, for many aspects as well. Brendan and Mark uh, both join me, of course, to, uh, to discuss this one. We've already previewed Pompey's uh, League One fixture against Derby County on Friday evening, Mark. But the World Cup, we are three days away from what every football fan across the world anticipates more than anything, I think. And the World Cup is finally here. Mark, your excitement levels and what is going to be a very strange and bizarre competition? Oh, mate, it's going to be um, it's going to be great, isn't it? I mean, like, we're going to have the joy of being stressed out by Portsmouth and England at the same time. <laughs> I mean, what's better than that? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Double the stress levels, mate. <laughs> oh, no, no. Don't even get me started. And look, you're spot on, Mark. <laughs> this is a competition where it usually takes place in the summer. We know this. Between June and July, the season is over domestically. Um, club competitions have finished. No matter what's happened, whether you've gained promotion, you've won trophies, or you've been relegated, all of those worries and concerns, or even excitement, that it gets lost for a whole month, especially when England are in competition, which quite frankly is most of the time. But this competition, Mark, is it's different. It's being held between November and de- December. The good reason for it, of course, for weather in Qatar, it, it's bacon. It's a very hot country. And even in the winter months as we're in now, it's still quite hot. Um, it's still going to be unbearable, I imagine, for the players. But how is it as a fan to be able to, you know, to be watching this competition unfold midway through what for us for, for League One and below? It is still halfway through the season with Pompey still playing week in week out. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's a bit of a gift for us, isn't it? Because we've got the like I say, I mean, I, I joke about it, but we've got the joy of actually being able to watch our club side and watch a major international tournament. It's like it's like our dream, isn't it? Basically, <laughs> I mean, we, we are really fortunate. I mean. I don't know if I'm a massive fan of it being this time of year. I mean, I guess it's the it's the first for most of the world, isn't it? So we're just going to have to see how it plays out. Um, I think the only, not annoying thing, but the, the sad thing about it is the injuries that have been picked up because we're we're midway through a season, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I am. I am so excited, and I, I imagine likewise you two are as well. Oh, very much so. And from what England can try to offer in this tournament, Brendan, um, a very disappointing Nations League campaign. We know that uh, relegated to League B, um, and of course the four 0 defeat at home to Hungary, the worst defeat for England on home soil since the nineteen twenty. So got into the competition, the World Cup on pretty poor run of form, um, and a very disheartened squad. You'd think from last uh, last year. Euro's disappointment or not necessarily disappointment but heartbreak in the final to Italy um, does that all change as a fan going into this World Cup does the buzz just all of a sudden take over and you forget about all of that worry well I think in, in the back of all of our minds we're all thinking about that Nations League obviously uh, with the G- Germany Italy and uh, and Hungary games um, not as you say not going in with a decent decent form but 
I don't know, do fans of England players sort of thinking of the Nations League a bit like we think of the Papa John's trophy in the sense of it's like, oh, we're not really fussed about it. It's not a major trophy like the Euros or like the World Cup. Um, but I'd expect the England team to have the professionalism. And you've seen the camaraderie that there's, that's in the England team in their camp and through the, the videos we see online and you know, the team photos they take and they're all wearing the same outfit and they all look pretty smart and jazzy and uh, they all look like they're good mates and they all get on. Um, compared to the horror stories that we've heard in, mm. about Reece, about other teams like the, the golden age of 2006 of the players um, sitting in their little cliques and you know the Liverpool table the Man United table the Arsenal table where no one sort of got on with each other where you see now everyone's mixing which is, yeah. which is great to see but um, I'm, I'm thinking England are going to are going to perform the way that we want them to perform it's not the Roy Hodgson team of 2014 this, no. this is Gareth Southgate's 2022 yeah and uh, lads because the World Cup is almost upon us because we're all very excited and we all know that England are probably going to disappoint us at some point but the hope is there the expectation is weighted upon the shoulders of these England players uh, fourth in the 2018 World Cup third in the Nations League second in the Euros what comes after that? first you've got to win the thing that is the only way to progression we're all very excited and i think that will cause for a, uh, for a bit of a celebration a bit of looking forward to this competition and what better way to do that
just know it, don't you? It's coming home, lads. It's coming home. Um, before we do leave here, we've not got long left uh, before we do move on. We're going to hear from Connor Mosley about some really important aspects of this World Cup as well. There's a lot of excitement, but there's also a lot of downsides to uh, Qatar, of course, hosting this World Cup, um, not just because it's in November and December, but human rights issues plaguing this competition from um, you know, really sucking the enjoyment out of it for, for a lot of fans. But before we do talk to Connor, very, very quickly, Brendan, a score prediction for Pompey tomorrow. Um, well, it's going, be, it's going to be a very tough one, but mm. as you know, as Tom would be disappointed if I didn't say <laughs> it, so it's going to have four 0 written all over it. Four 0 written all over it. England in the World Cup, not a score prediction. How far are they going to get? Very quickly. Um, I'd say at least the semis. I'd say. And likewise to you, Mark Pompey score prediction. I'm going to go two one Pompey. Two one Pompey. And where do you think England are going to finish in this World Cup? Mate, I, don't, I can't see us getting past the last 16, to be honest. Oh, wow. I'm turning, know, sorry. I'm turning, sorry, I'm turning your mic off. We don't want that negativity on the footblower. <laughs> We're going to win it, lads. It's coming home. It is coming home. Right, some important issues now. Well, I spoke to Connor Mosley, our very own Express Floor Fillers presenter, earlier today to talk about the negative side to this World Cup. Connor Mosley, our very own Connor Mosley from Express Floor Fillers. Connor, hello. Hi. You're you've, f- you've stole my show for this week because Pompey are on. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's not my fault. I, I do apologise. <laughs> I'm blaming uh, you entirely, Jake. It's it's my fault. I am the TV broadcasters. I hold all of the influence over, <laughs> over these decisions, yeah. Um, do you know what? I, I'm actually gutted. I, I love listening to floor fillers after finishing my Friday football hour, so I can't do that this week. So, look, it, it hurts me as much as, much as it does you, Con. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, the tennis in the post, Jake. It's on the way. <laughs> and so is my P45 by the sounds of it. Um, look, Connor, the, the World Cup, it, it, it is just around the corner. We, we've previewed Pompey's game tomorrow night against Derby County, a big one in League One, uh, something we're all looking forward to. But arguably the, the biggest footballing competition in the world. We are now, what, three days away from the 2022 Men's World Cup in Qatar. As a football fan, um, not just an England fan, because that's a whole entirely different question, but as a football fan, how excited are you for it to be finally here? Well, I mean, this is, it's a weird feeling, isn't it? Mm. For, the, for the World Cup to be starting in the middle of November is just so bizarre in the middle of the season because it feels like we're really getting somewhere with the season now. You know, when, when the pundits all say, oh, don't start looking at the tables until sort of November, December time. Well, we're at that point and now we've got to stop because of the World Cup. I mean, look, I'm, I'm so excited for, for England and to see Wales at a World Cup is is going to be something special as well. Um, yeah, it's just adjusting to to the, the colder weather whilst the World Cup's on. That's a bit baffling. Yeah, I think all of the England fans and the Welsh fans, like you mentioned, will be in the pubs, not sinking the beers, maybe sinking the hot chocolates and the uh, the mulled wine <laughs> instead. Um, but yeah, no, the, the World Cup is around the corner. And as an England supporter, of which I assume you are, um, looking ahead to this World Cup after the disappointment of the Euros final last year, do you think that England have you know got an actual possibility and a potential to actually kick forward from that and use it to their advantage to, to maybe spur them on and dare I say it win the thing well it's interesting isn't it because if I if I spin the clock back a few months when England lost heavily to Hungary in the Nations League and everyone oh. was saying oh Gareth Southgate out mm. now we've got that sudden buzz again of actually we could do really well at a World Cup so yeah. I don't know which camp you're in. I, I'm very much in the camp of England will do really well in this World Cup. I think semi-finals at least is the target. Yeah. If if we, you know, get knocked out in the quarterfinals, that shows w- the sort of level that we're at currently. But I think we can, we can be optimistic if quietly optimistic. Mm. I, I'm going to say we're. we're going to get to the final. Mm, yeah, I mean, look, I, I wish you hadn't brought up the Hungry game. I'm not going to lie. I went to that one. <laughs> it was at Molyneux and you know me and, and yourself, we love the ground hop. And that day at Molyneux, home of Wolverhampton Wanderers, I wanted to go. It was an England match. It was in the Nations League. It was a different kind of game. Pompey, of course, weren't playing. I went up there and we lost 4-0 to Hungary in the Nations yeah. League. And that, yeah, that was awful. And I think that was our heaviest home defeat since the 1920s. So that was cool. Thank you, Gareth Southgate, for that. But as you mentioned, you know, the World Cup is here. The buzz completely, um, it it arrives. Everyone's looking forward to it. Suddenly it's coming home. Vindaloo, all of that is coming home. We know we're going to win it. And and, I agree. Um, Over the last three tournaments, we finished, what, fourth in the 2018 World Cup, then third in the Nations League, 
then second in the Euros. What's next? First. You can only go from fourth to third to second, and now first. We've got to win this. This is uh, the only way we can progress forward. Um, but look, we're excited for the football, Connor. Of course we are. Um, even if we are England fans, we know how it's going to end in, in a penalty shootout disappointment at some stage, wherever <laughs> that may be. But there's a lot of issues behind this World Cup, and, and not just because it's in December. I think you could probably brush that aside due to the weather conditions and, and the heat and whatnot. That's not the overwhelming issue. The, the, the big problem, Connor, as we all know, and we have done for the last six, seven years since this World Cup was announced, is where it's being where it's being held. Qatar, the, the, the human rights record is atrocious. And, and quite frankly, supporters that are going to these games are being asked to respect the culture. Of course, you want to do that in every country, but considering the actual rules and laws that are in place in Qatar, um, it, it's not just frustrating, but it's actually quite scary, Connor. As, as, as a gay man yourself, how scary is this World Cup? I mean, look, it's, it's for LGBT people who are going and quite frankly, n- none really want to go to this World Cup. It mm. must be a terrifying prospect to be to be flying out there and having to, you know, cover yourself up, essentially, um, hide yourself from from who you are. And it's, this is the second World Cup in a row where this has happened. So obviously... 2018, it was in Russia. Russia have got very strict laws against uh, LGBT people being themselves. Mm-hmm. Qatar have got exactly the same. A completely different backdrops, obviously, um, but still the same laws. So, I, for one, am very disappointed that you know FIFA can allow World Cups to to take place in in countries that are so against LGBTQ plus people because. You know, in this country in particular, you know, we're we're trying through rainbow laces, events like that. We're trying to make sure that, you know, LGBTQ plus people aren't overlooked. And we're all on the the same page when it comes to that here and, and right around Europe and quite a lot of the world. But still, there are countries that, you know, criminalize being yourself, essentially, mm. as as an openly gay person. And that's... That's the scariest part about this. Yeah, People uh, will, hopefully not, but it could happen. People are being sent to jail <laughs> for being themselves, for going to a football match. Yeah, uh, That uh, wouldn't happen in Portsmouth. No, and, and, and it shouldn't happen anywhere in the world. It shouldn't at all. Exactly and and, and you know, a country like Qatar really need to get with the, the times and you know respect any law and, and any culture in, in any country. But this is just an absurd... An absurd place to go and play, um, an absurd place to play a World Cup, and an absurd place to just be in the world in general. Um, how difficult is it, Connor? Do you think because there will be people going to these games that you know aren't going to be necessarily respected by the people of Qatar? They're going to either have to a hide who they are, which you shouldn't have to do, or b go with who you are and, and be exactly yourselves, which is what you want to be. But then you're probably going to have to suffer the consequences of the the laws and the crazy, crazy rules that Qataris are setting out. So how difficult would it be to actually be going to this World Cup and having to decide whether to be yourself or not? Well, listen, I, I spoke, thankfully, to uh, Di Cunningham, who uh, runs Proud Canaries, so that's Norwich City's LGBT Pride uh, group, fan group. Um, she also is part of Three Lions Pride, which is the official England LGBT supporters group. Uh, she went with uh, somebody else uh, out to Russia in 2018, and she went to uh, one of the England games with... A, a pride flag with with the England badge in the centre of hmm. it. I was watching the game. I noticed that flag a couple of times, and then in the second half, it disappeared. Oh. And she was telling me that security officials, so essentially stewards at the ground, hmm. had removed it from her. Um, and there were England fans, you know, saying, "Yeah, why are you doing this? Stop doing that!" But they were very forceful with with how they took the flag off of her. And she felt so let down and disappointed. But at that point, she knew she had the backing of the rest of the England fans. Yeah. But still, that must be such a terrifying moment to have people obviously not speaking the language that you speak, 
grabbing your property uh, and a property that means a lot to you and a lot of other people, um, for them to just take that away from you must be a very daunting prospect because it's you against them. And that's how it shouldn't be at a football match when you're in the crowd. Obviously on the pitch, yeah, it's 11 against 11, but this is one against quite a vast amount. And if she's going out to, to Qatar, which I believe she probably is again, yeah. this could happen once more. And all I would say is is good luck to her. She's she's doing the right thing by LGBTQ plus people because yeah. she's taking a stand. And there'll be other people going from our community who are st- taking a stand and, and voicing their opinions. But it needs the backing of not just the England fans, and a lot will be on, on our side, thankfully. Mm. But it needs the backing of the government. It needs the backing of FIFA, more importantly, as well. Um. And recently, we've had when this issue has been raised in Parliament, we've we and you know MPs on on TV and things like that. Some MPs have been a little, I'm going to say, disrespectful to the LGBT community by saying, "Look, respect the Qatari's laws." Mm. Well, hold on a minute. You know, you, if if it's respecting the Qatari's laws, then. LGBTQ plus people aren't allowed to go there. Surely. Well, yeah, there's either one or the other, and essentially, this is a it's it's a World Cup. It, the clues in the name, a World Cup. This should be everyone's game, and and quite clearly, Qatar aren't making it everyone's game. If you can't be yourself, it's not the World Cup. This is the Qatar Cup. Um, yeah, which is it, it's a massive shame. Look, Connor, I've kept you for a long time now. I know you're a very, very busy person. You've got a very busy evening. I'm going to let you go. Thank you ever so much for calling in tonight. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Jake. And uh, yeah, play up England, I guess. <laughs> play up Pompey. <laughs> play up England. Good luck to Jill Scott in the uh, in the jungle. I'm a celebrity. Bring that home as well. Queen of the jungle, Jill Scott. We look forward to that. And uh, yeah, Connor, thank you. Have a great weekend, and I'm sure we will hear from you very soon. Absolutely. See you soon, Jake. Cheers, Connor. There you go, then. Connor Mosley, thank you ever so much to him for calling in earlier this afternoon to talk about the the negative uh, impact of this 2022 World Cup, unfortunately, being set in Qatar. It all kickstarts this Sunday, uh, kick-off 4 o'clock English time. That is at the Albait Stadium, host Qatar. They take on Ecuador. England in action on Monday at 1 o'clock. They are at the Khalifa International Stadium against Iran. But for us here on the Football Hour, we are, of course, focused on Pompey. We're back with Pompey Live tomorrow evening. That's Friday night. 7 o'clock against Derby County. Kickoff is 8 pm at Fratton Park. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Three draws in a row as Pompey fought back to win a point away at Morecambe on Saturday afternoon. We've had a fairly exciting second half, one that Portsmouth have fought back from a goal down to get a point from. A return to Fratton Park is next. Pompey hosts Derby County in League One on Friday. Can the Blues bag all three points? Join us for all of the unmissable action Friday from 7 pm. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. That is right. Pompey are back in action tomorrow evening. They host Derby County in League One. Eight o'clock kickoff at Fratton Park. Seven o'clock is when we start our coverage here on Pompey Live. Myself and Robbie James bringing you all of the action from PO4 as the Blues look to find only their second league victory in nine league matches. Of course, the World Cup starts, as you just heard there, on Sunday afternoon from four o'clock. That is the opening game of the competition. Qatar against Ecuador, England's schedule. They start off against Iran on Monday afternoon. That's a one o'clock kickoff at the Khalifa International Stadium. The schedule as follows. Their second group stage game against the United States of America next Friday from seven o'clock. That is the kickoff time uh, in that one straight after the football hour. So what an evening that is set to be. And then the third and final group stage fixture. It is Wales against England on Tuesday, the 29th of November. Also a seven o'clock kickoff. There. Okay, coming up here on Express FM tonight, Chris Pierce with Express This Week. He'll be chatting with Ross McNally from Hampshire Chamber of Commerce. Nine o'clock tonight sees the return of Chaz Burns' rock show. And then between 11 and the early hours of tomorrow morning, nothing but Express music all night long. Thank you ever so much for listening. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next Friday for the next edition of the Football Hour. Play up Pompey and play up England. It's coming home. <laughs>